This bonus series was made in collaboration with Philip Stauffer and Julie Maples from Firefly Ventures, a practical startup operator handbook to give our listeners a first-hand experience they can apply to their growing ventures. If a board meeting is really well prepared by the founders, those things are all laid out, at least in the opinion of the founders and the management team. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Philip, thank you so much for taking the time for being here with us for this five-piece bonus series about the operational aspects of being a founder. You are a co-founder and general partner at Firefly Ventures, through which you are invested in companies like AngelList, Phil's Coffee, Definity, Beekeeper, and many others. You're also a board member at the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation and a founding board member at the Swiss Blockchain Federation. Thank you for taking the time and for being here today. Super happy to be here. Thanks, Silvan. Today's topic is how to nail your board meetings. So before we dive in into the operational tactics, what is the actual role of a board? What are some to-dos and to-not-dos as a board? Yeah, absolutely. So chosen by shareholders, the primary job of a board is really to look uh, out for shareholders' interest. In fact, directors uh, are legally required, it's called a fiduciary duty, mm -hmm. to put shareholders' interests first. So that's the, the, the primary goal. Uh, the board plays a supervisory role overseeing corporate activities and assessing performance. But uh, if you break it down into two, uh, probably two key aspects, one is hire and fire the CEO. Mm -hmm. And the CEO then is responsible for allocating resources and hiring the right team and driving the performance that the company really needs. Yeah. And the second one is make sure the company has proper governance. So any action of governing and control and policies and things like this that uh, keep the company out of trouble. Now, of course, the next question emerges, who should actually sit on the board? Is it just the founders or should there be many more people involved? Well, that's a loaded question. Of course, it's different if you're a startup. It's even different if you're an early stage startup or a Series A, Series B, Series C or right. a public board. Um, so my answer will be more focused around, uh, around startups. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think as a founder, if you think about your board, um, think about how you hire for the team. You want people on the board who will be helpful to your company. Um, you want to have people on the board that fit your culture, who will invest the time that is needed to make the company successful. Um, and so you need to know where your gaps are in the company and where the gaps are in, your, in yourself. You need to be self-aware. Where do you need help no. as a leader? Um, but you also need to know the gaps of your team and the gaps and how you'll be able to fill them in the next, let's say, 18, 24 months. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I think personally as a founder uh, in my past, how I set up my boards. I never saw them as, oh, I have to prepare like some board meeting and report to somebody, which yeah. is officially really what's happening. I always saw the board members as an extended um, force or secret weapon of mine to really win in the market. And so if you think about it that way and you build trust with your board members that way, I think you, you'll set up for success. Mm -hmm. I really like that perspective. When we look at the organizational team, like the leadership team, for example, you have 
VP sales, VP engineering, etc. You have very clearly defined roles. Do you also have that set up in a board where you have very specific roles allocated to the different board members? Yes, you can if you if you need to do that. Mm -hmm. Not in every case that's needed, but particularly in startups. Um, Often in the early phases, it's very helpful, for example, to have a board member that really understands technology in a deeper way than you do um, in, your, in your space. Mm -hmm. And then usually it's really good on the other side, on the go-to-market and sales side, to, know, to have somebody on the board who really understands go-to-market sales and the commercial aspects of your business. Uh, and then depending in which, um, in which vertical you are, it can be very helpful to have somebody who understands, let's say, uh, policy, governance, legal aspects um, because let's say you're in healthcare, in health tech, or you're oh, in yeah. uh, financial services and things like this. Um, they're doing the wrong thing, can, you get, can get you into jail mm. very quickly. As a board member, you have uh, fiduciary duty to, uh, and, and uh, liabilities if you don't do the right thing. Right. And so in certain verticals, it's super important that you have somebody who really understands the law around mm. it as well. Now we talked about the setup of the board. The next question is obvious. How often should a board meet? Is there any best practice when it comes to the cadence of meetings? From a legal perspective, you have to meet at least once a year. Mm -hmm. Now, that would be a very bad cadence. So I think what we usually do at Firefly, we have set up quarterly meetings and the agenda of those quarterly meetings is actually fairly clear to everybody. Mm -hmm. Because for example, in the first uh, board meeting in the beginning of the year, you usually talk about budget and performance and uh, how you hold people accountable um, and things like this for basically as a planning exercise for the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then in other quarterly meetings, you already know kind of what the key topics are. Uh, and then depending on how the business evolves and what issues pop up, the agenda, agenda shifts a little bit around. Mm -hmm. uh, but usually that's what we do. And then board, board members meet as many, as many times as needed, right? Yeah. So often, let's say you have board members that have a certain uh, particular set of expertise, mm -hmm. you want to pull them in if strategic questions arise and you call them up and you have meetings one-on-one. -on -one. Those are not official board meetings, right. but that's really what gets you the value out of your board. Yeah. Um, and so in some cases where, for example, we are in, let's say, high priority fundraising mode, mm -hmm. uh, given the current environment, uh, we actually have monthly board meetings right, yeah. on that because board members are actively involved in making introductions and in some cases pitching the company even together with the founder. And uh, it just requires a much closer collaboration in those times. Now we're also wondering what tasks should be completed before the board actually meets. So what do you need to have done before the board meets for its meeting? What I usually suggest is um, set the agenda by providing a suggestion, mm -hmm. like basically send it maybe two weeks before the board meeting yeah. and ask for additional points to board members, what they would like to see. Um, then of course, prepare materials uh, according to that. Uh, and then one very important point, send the materials four to five days prior to the meeting, not just two hours before the meeting yeah. starts. Otherwise they're useless, right? They're sort useless, of. right? Because yeah. you, you already have a hard time sometimes, because think about it, right? Like let's say investor board members like me, right? Like I have sometimes two board meetings a day yeah. and I'm traveling. And then if I get the board deck two days before the meeting, I might not even have time to open that deck. Of course. And 
you, you basically all waste time at the end yeah. of the board meeting because I'm not well prepared and you don't get out of me what you could get out of. So um, four to five days should usually be enough. That gives everybody time to actually prepare. Mm -hmm. And it also gives you actually an opportunity to already get feedback on how the board feels of what you're actually presenting. Right. Um, and then what we started to do with some companies, particularly in later uh, series, like let's say series B and C, mm -hmm. is to have a pre-board meeting. Okay. So half an hour, usually one day before the board meeting, where the management team and the CEO and the management team just update on all the facts through, throughout the deck. So it's more, it's more kind of the informational part about the board meeting, mm -hmm. so that the board meeting at the next day is really about strategy, discussion, challenging each other, uh, brainstorming were needed. And so it's not like one of these meetings, uh, board meetings that are not that valuable, where the management team just talks forever mm -hmm. and then everybody leaves. Um, it should really be, use your board as a, as a sparing partner as a, as a, as, as for input as well. Oh. And so these pre-meetings are usually pretty helpful to do that. Yeah. It also actually forces your board to actually be prepared. Mm -hmm. Because you basically give an opening for informational question the day before. Mm -hmm. If they don't have questions then, then it's, they feel kind of they're distracting the board meeting if they're asking these questions during the board meeting. Yeah. I get that. And so it's a little bit a trick for you as a founder to actually manage the board proactively and, and make sure they contribute. And you mentioned sending out the prep work in advance. Who's responsible for doing that? Is it the president? Is it the CEO? Or who should take the lead there? Well, if you have a, a chairman, is usually managing the board meetings. Uh, not every company has, has usually a set up or official uh, role uh, as a chairman yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's usually the, the, the chairman, the CEO, uh, in some startups, the CFO takes that role delegated yeah. by the chairman or the CEO. Um, it should be somebody who is in the board mm -hmm. meeting as well. No. Uh, and it should be somebody who obviously is trusted with the company because of it's highly confidential information in some cases. No. You also mentioned the agenda. Is there such a thing as the typical board meeting agenda? Well. That's also a loaded question, but I think there's a few points that are, that are important. Like, uh, like as a first point, the call to order. I think that's important. Just somebody has to announce the board meeting is actually now starting because yeah. that's when minutes uh, basically start. Yeah. And sometimes you have board members or the board catching up on certain issues that are not part of an official board meeting. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to make clear uh, to the team when the board meeting actually starts. Then. Uh, agenda adjustments, if anybody has last changes to that, approval of previous uh, board meetings, uh, meeting minutes uh, is usually done in the beginning. Then the business reports, and this can, that's, this can be several, also presented by non-board members, like mm -hmm. you bring in your management team, uh, which is usually a great thing to actually get visibility oh, yeah. for the board members to your team, but also the other way around. Mm -hmm. Usually leads to huge synergies, so I highly suggest to do that actually. Yeah. Um, and then. Another point is financials and fundraising, usually with startups, mm -hmm. um, pretty much in every board meeting, and commence an announcement and then adjournment, basically the end of the board meeting. But that's rough, roughly an agenda that can use in sure. general, pretty much in, in any meeting you have. But I think that gives founders a good overview about what you could or should address. Now, the big question, of course, how long should a board meeting take? Do you have any take on that? Well, I think it's just important that you have quality time. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes, particularly when you get into strategy discussions, 
you always underestimate how much time it takes and also how valuable it is to actually really go deeper, mm -hmm. right? So our board meetings, the quarterly ones, are usually anywhere from three to five hours. Wow, yeah. Um, it depends a little bit on the agenda as well. Uh, a great way to do it, particularly if you have out-of-town board members uh, and you don't, and it's an in-person board meeting, mm -hmm. then it's great to have, for example, a dinner the night before, uh, being able to catch up in person as well. It's not just always about the, the business and the subject matter, but it's also about the personal relationship and having time to catch up what's happening in, with family. And uh, most mm -hmm. often your board members become very close business partners. Sure. It's important to know each other on a personal level as well. Um, and that's always great to do breakfast or dinners before the, or lunches before the, before the board meeting itself. And how much of that time do you spend on updating versus making decisions or facilitating discussions? Yes. Yeah, so if you have, if you have to plan to do a kind of a pre-board meeting, uh, then I think the, um, the decision making and like substance discussion is really hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think it's probably a mix of 25% um, updating and 75% decisions, decision making and discussion on that. Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, it should never be more than 25% uh, yeah. in terms of updating. Yeah, you need to make decisions and to discuss, not to right. update each other. Right. And how do you actually make decisions as a board? Does that usually happen within that time frame that you allocated for yourself? or? Do you need more time to make discussion, decisions and facilitate discussions? How does that work? Well-prepared meetings, um, it's just important to know what has to be decided. Mm -hmm. um, what are the options of those things that have to be decided? So option A, B, C. Uh, and what are the implications of those options, right? Now, if a board meeting is really well-prepared by the founders, those things are all laid out, at least in the opinion of the founders and the management team. Mm -hmm. And where it gets really valuable is then when a board member looks at it and says, hey, did you think about this? Or yeah. I think option B that you propose is actually very risky because uh, of, let's say, regulatory issues. So right. I think we should not consider that one. So I think as soon as you, uh, the quicker you get into the discussion of option evaluation of mm -hmm. your personal uh, or, or your management's like point of view and whittle down those options, uh, with valuable board input, that's when decisions start to happen. Yeah. Now, the bad board meetings are those where um, options are not clearly laid out yet, and so you have to kind of start from scratch, and that's when you usually run out of time, and mm -hmm. you keep discussing and developing options, and eventually nobody decides on what actually has yeah. to be done. So the best board meetings I've been in are always the ones where options are kind of laid out already. Mm -hmm. They can always be augmented by another by option D, we have ABC. Right. Um, but that's kind of the, the art and science of decision making, to be well prepared on those. Mm -hmm. um, board members are prepared on what they've seen, so they come in with a, a kind of opinions already as well. Yeah. So that decision making and these discussions are kind of uh, quick, efficient, respectful, and some dicey like subject matters that you have to discuss. Yeah. Um, but preparation is everything in these things. Mm -hmm. And after the meeting, you usually have to-dos that you should take care of, that you also need to track. Who's responsible for tracking them? Well, it's at the end of the day, it's the CEO and, and his team 
of course, the board, but I think it's the interest of the founder and the CEO to keep track of those. Mm -hmm. um, think of your board as, okay, they're all suffering under ADD, running out of that board meeting, and then <laughs> they're running to the next thing. Uh, it's in your interest that you own these things, follow up yes. with homework that everybody has, uh, make, through it, make sure it comes through. Mm -hmm. Just that's part of managing your board proactively. Absolutely. Uh, and I always took, took uh, ownership of that as a founder. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to remember because many founders don't do that, especially first-time founders, or are afraid of doing that, but that's actually your job. It's your, it's, it's your job, and quite frankly, it is, you just got to do it. You have to own the thing. Exactly. You have to yeah. manage your board members. That's where I mean, like, see them as part of your team. Mm -hmm. And if you proactively manage them, you get a lot out of them. Exactly. Right? And if you don't, it's the same with the advisory board, right? The advisory board yeah. is not an official, um, uh, a kind of an official group. But if you have an advisory board with seven people and you never reach out to them and you're not proactive, they usually don't do yeah. much. You, know, you have some nice pictures on your website, but not much more. That's right. But if you're proactive and you, you spend time managing them, you, you're mm -hmm. surprised how much you get out of them. Exactly. Um, and so I definitely suggest to own all of that as a founder and as a CEO. And in between board meetings, how do you communicate with the board? Do you recommend to also have like a Slack channel or anything of that sort up and running? Uh, yes, you can do it with pretty much any, any tool. There's many tools sure. out there also to manage board meetings. Um, uh, there's, there's many platforms out there. I, I'm usually for keep it simple. Um, the key is to really get the quality time to have the right discussions at the right time with the right board member. Yeah. Um, but any of that is great. Yeah. Um, I would just, the key I think is not the technical tool, but actually the proactiveness uh, and kind of the intent you have with the board member uh, and the relationship you build over, yeah. uh, over time. Um, another aspect is make sure that in the good times you build these relationships because in start, startups you will always have the tough times. They will always come. Like every startup, even if you think it's just a linear line up to the unicorn, <laughs> it's not. It's always a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. And so make sure that you're all, as the CEO um, and founder, you're also responsible that the board becomes a really trusted group among each other. Mm -hmm. um, so spend some time thinking about that as well, how you make build this trusted relationship during good times and then during tough times it's much easier to get through the the, the, the tough discussions that you'll have to have. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's something founders sometimes forget. Um, everything goes well. Um, it's always easy to have great board meetings when things go well. Mm -hmm. um, it's always hard to manage those things in, in crisis yeah. and the team needs to be ready including your board to manage well in times of crisis. Absolutely. That's where big mistakes happen and um, many companies go flat because of that. Right. And so it's important that you spend time to build that trust. You also mentioned tools before. The tech stack is not that important, but I'm still curious, what tech stack do you use and leverage for your board meetings and board communication? With us, it's all over the place. We have okay. friends of mine who run other VC firms that actually almost mandate certain things that their portfolio companies have to do, yeah. but then it leads to conflicts with suddenly you have four investors and everyone's to. So we, we, are, we have the mindset of you use what's best for you. Yeah. Um, if it's a spreadsheet, it's a spreadsheet. Mm 
right. then we might have some suggestions on how you want to be a little smarter about it. But um, there's really, there's pretty much in any, in any aspect of managing a board, um, board meeting, uh, managing decisions, uh, managing collaboration in between board meetings, there's all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. In some cases, uh, companies that you know that we invested in, like Beekeeper, we actually use our own product <laughs> and drink, drink our own champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I'm also very curious, is it better from your experience to meet physically or remotely as a board? I think a good mix. I'm, I'm kind of believing in the hybrid model now, particularly mm -hmm. about uh, after COVID. Uh, I think it's good to have at least two board meetings in person, I think, per year. Two of the quarterly meetings and maybe two remote. Mm -hmm. Particularly if you have board members that are from all kinds of different places. Right. Um, if the board is pretty close to where you are, then obviously it's a big advantage, I think, to meet in person and have dinner as well and get to know each other on a personal level. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Um, but I would, I would probably split half-half. Okay. And should you invite any other people to the board meetings that are not part of the official board? Well, one thing I think we already covered. So I would, as a, as a founder, I always invited as um, the, the, the key leaders of uh, different functional areas as well to present and own their own uh, areas like sales, marketing, finance, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, that's clearly one that, uh, that you can manage per board meeting. Um, maybe one board meeting is particularly on sales and, and you bring in your sales leader uh, and your marketing leader and your customer success leader maybe. Um, then another player that I think should be part of the board meeting is the council. Um, in the US, it's actually quite interesting. In the US, most of the councils we work with offer to join any board meeting for free because they know uh, if they join, they first of all are in the loop in a very efficient way. They get to know uh, investors and other board members, so they, they, they learn about the dynamics um, of certain things, so they can be smarter uh, as a, uh, and better as a corporate council. Mm -hmm. um, and they also see early if the, board mem if the board actually makes mistakes, right? So she or he can jump in and say, hey, by the way, like you should handle this this way and not that way, because yeah. later that will bite you. Um, and they do it for free for that reason, because they know if they do a good job um, and build a partnership in that perspective, uh, from that perspective with the founder and the company, um, then and the company is successful, the mm. work will follow. Yeah. Right. Um, in Switzerland, for example, I think it's still a little different. So I hardly see any council join any board meeting. And I think founders always try to not actually do it because they fear the big bill they will get afterwards. Oh, of course. Yeah. So my suggestion would be to talk to any uh, any of your counsel and offer it and maybe make the example of what's happening in the US and invite <laughs> them for free yeah. and tell them the benefits of that and try to negotiate that. But yeah. I think it's a very good practice that I really like uh, over here in the US. That's a fantastic takeaway. Philip, is there anything else that you would like to add to the board topic? Maybe one, um, maybe quick summary, like I really think you should see your board as your team. If you see your board uh, as anything else, then I think you're not thinking about your board the right way. Um, the second point I would want to make is uh, talk about good news in the board, but definitely talk about bad news and talk about bad news early. Um, I see this quite often. I have just a case right now where 
the board is kind of informed late. And if the board is informed late, there's very little things that a board then can really do to help. And also the trust, right? The trust, the trust deteriorates and a lot of bad things start to happen. Yeah. And so it's okay to talk about bad news. Um, it's hard, but it's okay and it has to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I think really be tough on yourself as well. It leads me kind of to the last point I wanted to make, like be transparent always, mm -hmm. always transparent. Yeah. You can only win with that. And actually, if you're transparent uh, with an investor, um, particularly investor director, mm -hmm. you will win, gain a lot of respect. If you bring bad news early and you're fully transparent, you actually gain, uh, gain respect mm -hmm. and you build your reputation as a, as a leader who sees both the good news and the opportunities, but also the threats. Um, and uh, one weakness of founders is sometimes to not see the risks the right way or, or not see the bad news or not see the writing on the wall. And if that bad news hits the board too late, then it leads to real frustration and also few options that the board can actually really do in order to help. Right. So as a CEO, um, see yourself as a board member as well. You're a CEO of the company, basically the operational leader, but you're also a board member with the same fiduciary duties as anybody else on the board. So your own job is actually to fire yourself if you're not doing right. your work as the CEO, yeah. right? Yeah. So you should always like look in the mirror and say, hey, is like always think about would you fire yourself or not? Right. Mm -hmm. That's how you think you have, have a dual role. You're a CEO and you're a board member. Well, sure. And so think about it that way and, and think about what would you want if you're the CEO, if you're a board member, what would, would you want to tell yourself right. around bad news? <laughs> and it becomes very, very clear suddenly what you have yeah. to do. Right, okay. it's very, very clear what the right thing is to do. Mm -hmm. And so think about it that way. And I think that way you will, will be, just become a better CEO, a better founder and a better board member. And ultimately you'll build the better company. Fantastic. I think perfect way to end this episode. Philip, thank you so much for these actionable tips and we'll see you back here for the next episode. Thanks so much, Yvonne. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.